Episode 2, The Creation Narratives. Hi, my name is Clayton Mills. Welcome to A Short Walk Through Our Long History, a podcast where we look at the events of history and we try to see how those events shaped our modern world. This is Episode 2, The Creation Narratives. We are going to look at a few of the ancient world's stories of how we came to be and why. So, why are we here? What's our purpose? I mean, not in this episode, but in life in general. Why are there people? Why is there a world for that matter? Why is there matter for that matter? Why does anything exist? When you woke up this morning and looked around, you probably didn't see an obvious purpose pointed out to you, nor an answer to the question, why are we here? But waking up, you might have noticed that life can be kind of hard at times. The creation narratives of the ancient world, including the biblical book of Genesis, were written in part to explain both of these questions. Why are we here? And also, why is life so hard? People in the ancient world had to wake up too, and they probably asked the same question, especially on school days. Many ancient cultures had creation stories that sought to explain why the world is the way it is. Why does the world exist? And why is this life so hard at times? We're going to look at these creation narratives and a couple of elements that they all have in common. We're also going to talk about just how hard it is to piece together the earliest bits of human history. It's an interesting irony that the oldest things that we have that are written down are not about creation or the beginning of the world. The oldest actual documents that we have are writings on clay tablets about mundane things like grain sales and communications from kings to their servants. Written stories are much more durable since they're written, but the oral histories that we have go back much further than the earliest writings. Many of the really ancient artifacts that have writing on them are dated by their style of writing. The oldest known type of writing is called cuneiform, and it uses letters that are a series of sort of wedge-shaped indentations on clay tablets. Cuneiform writing developed from earlier line drawings that represented things like trees or a basket of wheat or maybe a sheep or something like that. It shows up in the historical record, though, as a distinct form of writing about 3000 BC. Much of this early writing was on tablets of clay. Occasionally, things were carved into stone as well. Clay tablets were much easier to make, but they weren't really that durable. Oops, I've just dropped the decree from the king, and now all I have is a pile of dust. Things carved into stone are more durable, but they took a lot more time and effort to make, and they were heavier. Writing a long story on clay or stone would end up taking a lot of space and a long time, and it would be extremely heavy, so most of the ancient writing is really not about long-winded creation narratives. These longer stories were passed down in oral form for a long time before they were written down. The earliest things that were written down were things like receipts of the sale of land or cattle or something and orders from the king to his servant or the records of what the king had done. There is a very old collection of clay tablets that are letters from a king to his wife, who he's actually complaining about how their second oldest daughter is behaving in a foreign court. The oldest written recorded history, that is, writing that records actual historical events, 
that we have is the Sumerian list of kings, which purports to extend all the way back to the beginning of time, to a time before a worldwide flood, which it does mention. This flood shows up in other narratives as well. The Sumerian list of kings was created, that is written down in clay, around 2000 BC, and it lists the names of the kings and the lengths of their reigns from times before that, but it doesn't say much else about them. It has, oddly enough, normal lifespans for the people who lived after the flood. But the kings that reigned before the flood are listed as having reigned for like 35,000 years. In general, the farther back in time you go, the closer to creation, the more of these sort of mythical exaggerations you see, but you do see some weirdly consistent ideas from one story to another. For example, the Bible also records that human lifespans were much longer before the flood than they were recorded after the flood. It records this in the book of Genesis as well. We'll take a look at the creation story that's in the Bible in the next episode. Let's look this time at some other notable creation stories from other ancient cultures. We're going to take a quick look at the creation stories of these ancient cultures. Babylon, Canaan, Egypt, and Greece. Now, there's a Babylonian creation story called the Enuma Elish. It tells the story of the Babylonian god Marduk and his battle with the sea goddess Tiamat. It's partly a story of creation, but it's also a story to show the supremacy of Marduk as the king of the gods. We have a copy of the story written on seven clay tablets that's dated to about 700 BC, though the story itself is perhaps 1,500 years older than that. Prior to that, it had probably been passed down primarily orally. The Babylonian story starts by saying there was nothing but waters and the primordial gods Apsu and Tiamat. Tiamat is pictured as female, and she creates sea monsters to fight for her out of this primordial water. Other gods were also formed out of the waters, and they struggle back and forth until Marduk comes forth to battle Tiamat. He uses the four winds to trap Tiamat, and he uses wind to fill her with wind so that she was bloated. Then he shot an arrow into her heart, and he killed her. Then he used Tiamat's body parts to create the sky and the dry land. Marduk then uses the blood of one of the other gods to create man in order that man could serve the gods, and Marduk particularly. Then Marduk created Babylon as his throne. In this story, you can see some of the typical elements that we find in other ancient creation stories. First, there is some kind of watery nothingness, and then the gods come out of it in some way. Then there's a battle of the gods, and one god wins and becomes the supreme god of the gods. Then the earth is created out of something, and then man is usually created out of something else. Let's look at a similar but different creation story. There's a Canaanite story called the Baal Cycle. Our oldest copy of this is on a piece of papyrus, and we only have fragments of it. In the story, the Canaanite god Baal battles with the sea god Yam, and then with Mot, the god of the underworld. Baal defeats both gods and becomes the supreme god, and he establishes his palace on Mont Saphon. Then he goes on to conquer other cities. This story is different in that it doesn't explain the creation of the world, but it does show human beings' place in the world, that is, they're subject to the god Baal. Now, the Egyptian creation myth is different from these two. 
There are several versions of the Egyptian creation story preserved in different places around Egypt. Some of them are found written on the walls in temples and tombs, and some were preserved on papyrus. One famous Egyptian creation narrative comes from the Book of the Dead, which was a book of different stories and spells, which was often buried with mummies, so there's many copies of it. The Book of the Dead says that the world was originally a dark expanse of water. We see that element again. And the god Atum created himself out of the water by uttering his own name. Then he spat, and he created the air god Shu and her sister Tefnut. These goddesses then created the land, and they defined the boundaries of the sea. They also created the more well-known Egyptian gods Osiris, Isis, and Set. Osiris is the father of Horus, who, after a battle with Set, becomes the supreme god. Again, in the Egyptian narrative, men were created to serve the gods. Now let's also look at a creation story from ancient Greece. Like Egypt and probably most other ancient cultures, Greece has more than one creation story. The most famous comes from a poet named Hesiod, who wrote about 700 BC, about the same time that Homer was writing the Iliad and the Odyssey. The story is pretty complicated with a lot of characters, but the summary is that in the beginning there was nothing but darkness. The god Chaos lived there, but there was nothing else. Then he created a god bird named Nyx, and then they together created Erebus. Erebus and Nyx then created a lot of other gods, including the earth goddess Gaia and the god of the heavens, Uranus. Then they created the underworld, the sea, and love. They also created a bunch of monsters, and they created the Titans. The Titans included the god Kronos, who eventually killed Uranus. Kronos, for a while, becomes the king of the gods, and he has some kids with his sister, Rhea. One of their kids, Zeus, overthrows Kronos and the other Titans, and he then becomes the king of the gods. Zeus's sons, Prometheus and Epimetheus, then create men and animals. Prometheus gives men the gift of fire, which was supposed to be originally only for the gods. Zeus was so angry that he created a woman named Pandora, and he gave her a box that he told her to never open. Of course, she opened the box. Of course. Out came all the bad things that would plague the world of men. Pain, greed, sickness, and evil. But out of the box also came hope. There are a couple of elements that we see here in all the narratives. There's a dark expanse of water before the creation of anything. There's often gods battling and then one god winning to become the supreme god. Then men are created to serve the gods. And in the Greek story, we see the creation of evil. There's a couple of things here that we also see in the biblical narrative in Genesis. But the tone of that narrative is very different than these narratives. We'll look at Genesis, I said, in the next episode. None of the ancient creation narratives, except for the Bible, attempt to provide a full history all the way up to the time at which they were written. The other creation narratives are just written as their own stories, without reference to the subsequent events of history that got us up to the time at which they were written down. Now, one important exception to this is the Epic of Gilgamesh. This story is a Babylonian epic that tells the story of a great hero named Gilgamesh. It treats Gilgamesh as someone who really existed, and from the point of view of the writer, not that long ago. Gilgamesh became one of the first rulers of the ancient city of Uruk. 
many scholars believe that there was really a ruler named Gilgamesh who lived about 2500 BC. There are a few clay tablets of his story that date all the way back to 1800 BC, so it is a very, very old story. And of course, the oral traditions are probably older than that. Now, though this story doesn't include a narration of the events of creation, it does include reference to the flood. Gilgamesh even meets a man named Utnapishtim, who had survived the flood on a boat full of animals. So we see a lot of similarities in the ancient narratives. The dark waters before creation, battles among the gods, man created to serve the gods, the creation of evil, a worldwide flood, and then great heroes battling on earth. But there's a gap in our knowledge here. Most of these ancient narratives are impossible to set into some kind of universal timeline. It's not possible to set a timeline of the ancient world that far back, as there are no other things to correlate it with. In fact, it's really, really difficult to fix a date to the really ancient events that we do have record of, because the records that have survived don't line up very well with each other. Even the Bible has that issue. We don't really have very ancient copies of it though it was written down a long time ago. The oldest piece that we have that still exists, the oldest piece of the Old Testament that we know of, dates from 600 BC, and it's just a fragment from Numbers 6 that says, May Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh cause his face to shine upon you and grant you peace. And after that piece, the next oldest fragments we have after that are from the Dead Sea Scrolls, and the oldest of those is about 250 BC. The oldest complete Old Testament that we have is from about 1150 AD, more than 2,500 years after the nation of Israel left Egypt. So, all of recorded history, ancient history, has this problem. The written versions we have are often thousands of years removed from the events that they depict. The stories were, of course, captured in oral tradition and passed down for many years before they were first written down. Likely, the first versions of the story first were passed down by the people who lived them, and then the next generation, and they told these stories orally, and oral storytellers were an important part of the ancient world. Oral history was an ancient art, and our current written histories were probably all oral histories long before they were written down. There were also probably older written versions than the ones that we do have now, the ones that survived, but those older ones were lost, like when I dropped the clay tablet earlier that had the Edict of the King on it. We just don't have the oldest written copies. The creation narratives we looked at earlier don't begin to show up in written form until relatively late in the ancient world. So my point here is that it's really hard to piece together the timeline of the ancient world before about 2000 BC. The creation narratives of the ancient world tell stories of times and people from well before that, well before 2000 BC, but many of these stories have the kind of mythological elements that make them sound less like actual history and more like just sort of legends. So what can we say about the ancient history of the world? Archaeological evidence points to human civilization going back at least to 10,000 BC and some tantalizing hints of it being older than that. But we don't really have a timeline of events until about 2000 BC, and even then, it's still very sketchy for a while. Before that, it's not possible to cross-reference events across cultures or accurately date when they happened. By about 1000 BC, though, the historical record starts to become complete enough in different places 
that we can begin to fix people and events into our calendar by cross-referencing with other events in other cultures. The farther back you go from that, the harder it is to nail down the date range of a person or event, or even to know if they really existed. Many of the origin and creation stories that we know of today were passed down orally by their cultures, and they were not written down until many, many generations later. These oral histories capture the events and the stories of the earliest events of human history were told and retold for generations, for many generations before they were written down. This is true of the creation stories of all the ancient cultures, and it seems to be true of the Bible as well. So the earliest events of human history, the things that happened before the invention of writing, were actually written down later, long after they happened. What can we piece together from the different creation narratives of the different cultures? Before the written narrative begins, there was definitely cities and civilizations and rules and rulers and wars. But what I find most interesting about all these narratives is that they all seem to mention heroes and villains and great battles. So the ancient history of the world seems to have been filled with fighting. It wasn't some peaceful utopia where everyone lived in harmony. Many of these ancient narratives also, quite interestingly, mention a worldwide flood. I mentioned earlier the Epic of Gilgamesh. It's not a creation story, but it's one of the oldest recorded stories of human history, and we have very, very old copies of it. Besides this in the Bible, there are other ancient documents from different cultures that mention the flood. There are even worldwide flood narratives that have been found in narratives that come from Central and South America. There are Sumerian and Babylonian flood accounts, and both mention an ark and animals and a small group of humans that survive. And of course, there's the biblical account of the flood in the book of Genesis. Anyway, my point here is that when we're looking back at what we can say about ancient cultures is that before writing was invented, though there's not much we can verify for sure, it really does seem like there was a worldwide flood at some point. It seems like there was an age when there were larger-than-life heroes, and they fought with each other. There was a lot of fighting, apparently. It appears in every ancient story, which suggests that fighting and struggle has always been a part of the human experience. There were kings and kingdoms and struggles for supremacy. There were heroes, and there were tyrants. Today, we tend to look at the ancient world through the lens of the relative peace of our current world, But when you look at the ancient writings, it seems like they all include a lot of struggle and a lot of fighting. It's my opinion that the ancient world was a much, much harsher, much more dangerous place than we imagine. Our modern scientific worldview also assumes that the ancient stories about these heroes and monsters must be exaggerated myths. But that's not how the narratives present them. They really present them as though those people really existed and really did these deeds. They just sort of assume the existence of this kind of hero. There's two possibilities. The stories are exaggerated, or the world really was different back then. Next episode, we'll look specifically at the biblical account of creation. Mm -hmm.